All right, one, two. We are live New Year's Eve edition 2020 wrap up. We finally made it, man. <laughs> I am your co host, Roberto Flack, co train RO Diggity. What is goody, fellas? It is the, the, the year wrap up show. I'm going to try to run through this real quick, man. But uh, what's going on? It's, it's been the crazy year because when you think about where we were last year around this time, when you think about, you know, no one, COVID was just a fairy tale to us. You know, like Train and I laughed about it. We had memes, super rats, and, you know, and, and talking mosquitoes that do your income taxes. Like we, and now, like when you look at how it's affected not only us, but it's affected our outlet, which is boxing. There's a lot to talk about this year, for sure, man. For sure. I mean, there it, it, it's crazy. There, there was there was a lot that happened even in the midst of COVID, and while we had a major fight in February, obviously you know Wilder Fury two, everything really paused from there up until the summertime. But even that being said, there was still a lot that happened going i mean you know we're gonna we're gonna run through it man i mean when you think of like headline stories in 2020 man i mean i don't think it gets any bigger um than the departure of canelo alvarez from golden boy promotions man i mean something that myself and train were hinting at like sometime before things started to materialize but that became a reality in 2020 um one of the also big stories, man, something that we weren't 100% sure about, Errol Spence made his return um, after a very horrific accident as he uh, defeated Danny Garcia. Um, we, we're going into 2021 we're asking ourselves if we're going to see Crawford versus Spence. We still don't know. But um, I'll, I'll throw this to train real quick, man. Um, in this crazy year that we had in 2020, man, again, we, we saw – we, we saw some fights, man. Um, what what fight to you stood out uh, amongst the um, you know some of the other ones? I guess if you if you were to say like your fight of the year, what 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 would you? Um, it's it's crazy because this this particular fight got so many subplots and so many layers to that you can attach to all these different categories. And to me personally, it was the Lomachenko. I mean, yeah, Lomachenko and Lopez fight. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell you why because. The fight has so many different subplots and stories to it. You know, uh, Lomachenko, uh, to date, hadn't really fought anybody, you know, on paper that was considered a 50-50 guy. And even with Lopez, he wasn't considered, he was more like a 70-30, maybe 60-40 opponent. Mm -hmm. But so when the fight actually plays out and, and, and you see the fight unfold, you know, you're watching this 23-year-old kid with really not a whole lot of experience attached to him as far as big name goes. And he just, he outboxes him for six rounds. Now, Lomachenko came on in the second half of the fight, and it ended up being a way more entertaining fight than anybody, any of us anticipated, despite the first six rounds being pretty much almost a shutout. But then the second half of the fight was very entertaining. So I think because of what everything was attached to it, for me personally, that was my favorite fight because of what it meant. Right. I, I, I that you that you make a great point, man. Uh, sh shot to leave it in the ring. Uh, happy New Year to y'all. Um, ROD, man. Um, you know, going you know going through you know the different uh, criteria and such you know through the year, the wrap ups and everything. We 
we look for uh, who, who are some of the fighters that are going to be the standouts. You know, we say the prospects. Um, who's a guy that, you know, you, you would think stood out as far as the prospects are concerned? Well, yeah, well, you know, obviously a lot of people like to mention Shakur Stevenson, which I really think he's more than that we call, like, at that prospect level, you know. Um, so for me, you know, it would be Berlinga, Edgar Berlinga. I mean, he brings excitement. Um, here's a guy, when you want to talk about, you know, knockouts and how we can kind of bring people to the sport, you know, here's a guy that brings kind of like that – that UFC gladiator mentality to get him up out of there in the first round, you know? So right. it would be, Ber it would be Berlinga for me. Um, and I think that, you know, there's going to be more to, uh, to be seen as he steps up in competition as well to see if that power is really, really real. But in terms of prospect for 2020, it would be Edgar Berlinga. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the, the thing with Edgar Berlinga is, you know, I think Trina mentioned it like within the chats is he's already got, uh, like celebrities, like knowing, you know, posting his fights and you seen like Wayne post something about like, he, you know, he wanted a cardboard cutout or something, something along those lines. So once that starts to happen, man, it, and then again, we have, we have to see how he progresses to your point, RD, you know, when they, he gets in there with tougher competition, if he still is laying dudes out, not even like in the first round, but if it's just a, a consistent thing, it's part, it's part of the sport that does attract the casual fans, you know? So it, it's something we're going to have to keep our eye on. But I mean, I think he, what, he fought like three times this year and for all first round knockouts again, considering the opposition, but um, he probably would be, I, I think for most considered uh, the prospect of the year, but um, you know, one of the fights that we were still kind of talking about as far as even the future of the heavyweight division, where we, we just seen Anthony Joshua, um, you know, uh, defend his title. One of the big stories, again, Tyson Fury defeating Deontay Wilder. Um, at this point, like, going into 2021, like, what do you, uh, Train, like, what do you expect from Deontay Wilder going forward if it doesn't mean he's going to fight Tyson Fury? You know, back in the 80s, right, and we all old enough, nobody will, will reveal their ages here, but we all remember the 80s, we'll just say that, but you know, they used to call it step aside money, you know, back in the day, you know, when, you know, there was a, a top 10 contender um, that was up for the, you know, up for the title. But if there was a bigger name guy out there, you would pay that guy step aside money. And crazy as this may sound, and it is going to sound pretty crazy, but Deontay Wilder might be in step aside mode because this fight that's brewing now with Anthony Joshua and uh, Tyson Fury, as Nino Brown once said, it's much deeper than me. <laughs> this thing is much deeper than, than Deontay Wilder, who was allegedly, again, I say alleged because these numbers are just thrown around. There's no concrete evidence. You know, all it is is a paper trail of different media and blocks that they offer him this lump, this lump sum of money, and Deontay Wilder turned it down. Like Again, we don't know all the stipulations that was a part of the contract, but you do got to wonder now, like, where does he play a part in this? Because you know, we always talk about how big the fight is, um, boxing is across the pond. This is a stadium. We talk about a pot, maybe the second biggest pot next to uh, purse next to Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. Like, I don't think there's not two fighters in boxing that can generate the type of funds that that fight's going to generate. And unfortunately, with Deontay Wilder, he's a victim of circumstances. 
of the business of boxing. I just think he's going to be frozen out. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you th that's a good point because... Because I know he's an arbitrary. I know it was like some arbitration or something to get his... Because there was a contract in place, right, though, for a third fight. There, there was. Sort of, kind of. The, yeah, the thing is, yeah. I mean, none of us really seen the literature, but I mean, I don't know if there was like a timeline with that, and if that's expired, that's kind of being hinted. But it's got, it, it's gotten quiet. You know, um, all the talk now is you hearing, you know, AJ Fury, which, like you said, I mean, is the bigger fight at this point. You know, so I don't, I, I don't, I still don't think that fight's going to happen until they have crowds. Like where they can pack, Absolutely. even like even if they pack Wembley fifty percent, they'll take that. You know, Absolutely. so we'll see, we'll see. Um, but getting to one of the the points we mentioned, uh, real quick. Um, I I I think clearly one of the big stories of twenty twenty, uh, is the departure of Canelo leaving Golden Boy, and we just saw Canelo, uh, defeat Callum Smith. Becoming now what I think is a, a legitimate four division world champion, um, being he had like the real title, but um, his his track is going to be very interesting because I mean we're still we're now hearing stories about you know uh, <laughs> he he might want to you know might potentially fight Billy Joe Saunders or you know is there Triple G fight in September? I'll, I'll throw I'll throw it to you, RD. I mean. At this point, like, what should be Canelo's trek? Like, if you're Canelo Alvarez, like, what fights are you taking immediately going into 2021? You know, it's funny, man. Um, I'll, I'll give you an analogy. Um, I got a friend that has a leased car, and it's a nice car, and some of us lease, and he barely puts any miles on it. But now it's time mm -hmm. to give it up. And it's like, well what was the use of having it at that point? You know, you could have got a squatter and just, and just kind of did the same thing, you know, and I guess the same, the reason why I bring that parallel is that Canelo has grade A talent. He has 53 fights, but he's 30 years old. So now that clock is ticking as we talked about. So he's going to keep fighting these as train said, you know, the, you know, the movie starts, the movie stars, and now at the end of that lease, you know what I mean? He's going to have to turn, he's going to get them belts in because, you know, eight, five at a time is undefeated. So I think the trajectory for him right now is while he's at his peak, he has 53 fights. He has the talent to fight those people, man, that are really dangerous and to make a legacy for himself. Right now, I'm going to be honest. People say, well, the best Mexican fighter in the world is Canelo Alvarez, and I'm going to sit here and challenge him and say, well, what about Chavez? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't, you know, I think we could go back and forth there. Juan you know Manuel I mean? Marquez. What about, Juan what, about Juan, what about Juan Manuel Marquez, who I love dearly? You know, I, I think that what he needs to do is, rather than chase belts, which is cool, you know, he needs to get into the lion's den. And I, and I mean that tongue-in-cheek as well he needs to go see the charlos he needs to go see some of these other killers you know rather than a billy joe saunders you know because i think that that would make a, a, a long-lasting legacy for him where he could say you know what this is what i did with that lease car i went from florida to philly and i had a good trip with it versus saying hey i held the belt for a long time and basically i fought the guy who was a cashier at home depot you know in, in a boxer on the weekend and i counted as a defense
That's just me. Yeah, it, you know, the interesting thing, too, is, you know, we haven't heard any pay-per-view buys or numbers from this Callum Smith fight that was on pay-per-view. And, you know, chances are when you don't hear those numbers, they didn't do that well. And, and I always say, man, I think Canelo is a subject of the opposition, where if you put Jamal Charlo in there, that fight will sell. It will sell. Um and then again, like we have to see how the whole Berlanga thing situates itself in the years to come, but that's not in the immediate, you know, you're talking about the next couple of years. I mean, I don't think any of us want to see Triple G, you know, we'll take the Caleb Plant fight, but, but well, like, what train was hit? Go ahead. You know, go ahead. I was going, I was, let me just circle back around to the, the zone thing because there's, there's, there's an elephant in the room here. Like the, the zone committed to Triple G, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gave yeah. this man a lot of money. He came to the zone, we all know, for one reason, and that was to fight Canalo again. He left, Canalo leaves Golden Boy. But what it looks like is he left Golden Boy, but I think he's still going to do business with the zone. And the reason why I think he's going to do business with the zone is because I think they have the platform him to do his business. Although it hasn't been put out there what network he's going to fight on, we all know it's going to be on his own. Like, why wouldn't it be? Like, it's everything's already set up for him. He don't have to do no promotion, no marketing. This is a network that's already set up. And I think that they're going to give him this fight, and he'll probably fight Billy Joe Saunders. And then after that, he's going to, at the end of the year, he'll fight Triple G. And he's going to make a whole lot of money in the process of doing so with these next two fights. I know it's unfortunate. You know how I am, Rada. I, I don't even want to get into it because that's a whole nother show. And me, you know, uh, sounding off on this, but from the business aspect of it, I just think that he's in bed with the, the zone. And I think at the, the at the end of the day, they're looking at it like, well, you know, we have a guy in Canalo, like you said, Roberto, who already generates his own fan base and is going to help us, you know, recuperate on the money that we put out for the Triple Gs and all these other guys. So, and you can hear Eddie Hearns yelling at him when he leaves the ring after the Caleb Smith fight. He says two more. He says two more. He says two more fights. So this is this is already water under the bridge already. We're just hearing about it. That's all now. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and I wanted to say something too. The other thing is, I'm I want everybody to know that I'm not dissing. Like I'm a big Canelo fan. I just no, feel like I know. We get. I just feel like he can get more out that card than what he's doing. Yeah, I think he's he's taken. Again, like we, I know we we like to talk about people who are the people's champ and yeah. such, but look at the very end of the day, man. At that level, I should say, you know, Canelo is, is really the controlling factor in practically any contemporary fighter. Like, meaning, if if and whoever fights Canelo Alvarez is making career bank, any anybody not named Mayweather or Pacquiao, right? In boxing, period. So. I think he's taking full advantage of that situation that, you know, he's like the first fighter in the wild that is in a position to say, all right, well, you know, I can go fight here. I can go fight there. And I think that the whole thing with the PBC, from, from what I'm reading, I mean, it, 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 you know, there could be other things that they want him to commit for a few fights. That's my fights. that's That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. And he's not going to do that when he's already got free reign. With right. these people. With the yeah. zone, we'll say, okay, you know, we'll we'll give you X amount of dollars and then we'll put it on pay-per-view. And, and we're we're Al Heyman and the people and whoever it is, if it's with Fox or whatever, they're gonna want 
some kind of commitment and that's just how it's always been done you know they they they, they want like a commitment on their uh investment you know so we'll have to see man i mean i think i i think he'll um probably fight if he fights billy joe saunders on pay-per-view in the united states i mean oh, good luck with that you know it's i don't know but We'll, we'll we'll see what happens with him, but um, I'm trying to think what else. Hey, well, Rod, uh, you wanna you want you want to get into like what, what you thought the knockout of the year was? Yeah, I thought honestly, and and I'll uh, I'll gracefully dispute my 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 brother from another mother, uh, Coltrane. <laughs> um, I thought that Timofimo Lopez was the upset of the year, and okay, and I think that for me. The fight of the year and the knockout of the year for me will have to be Jose uh, Zapita versus Ivan Baranchek. You know, yeah. if you, if you know, I know we had just talked about training and I, you know, and you can go look at our our post in the past uh, where Train did so great. We talked about you know more or less the movie themes with fights. You know, <laughs> Train 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 put up a sus- suspenseful Christmas movie. Die Hard is a Christmas movie for all you folks out here. Oh, so, facts. Yeah, so Diamond of the Beat. Stop yeah, it, people. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you want a suspenseful fight where you're trying to bring somebody in, that fight was it. I mean, it had eight knockdowns in a fight for five rounds. Everybody picking himself off the piece off the ground in pieces like Mr. Potato Head. You know, it, it was it was crazy, man. And I felt like it brought like a fan-friendly aspect to boxing that was kind of missing uh in the past. So to me, that would be fight of the year fight of the year okay and and knockout of the year as well i think is a dual you know I, I think is i think it's dual because i think that when you think of fight of the year just for you know everybody involved like fight of the year to me is one of those fights where if you're sitting down like basically you're not gonna leave your seat and that was one of them yeah yeah no i what? yeah i see like I, we talked about that earlier like, i mean there's that fight some would even argue the Teofimo and Lomachenko fight was was fight of the year too, for for different reasons. I mean that yep. you know people didn't expect it to go that way, and you know it, it was a close fight down the stretch. But you know we all thought you know Teofimo won, but that could be in some ways upset of the year. That's what I think it is. If you want to go for the trifecta, yeah. and we talked I, about that's fair. Before, yeah, I think the upset is. I think that's fair. I think that's you know because because to be honest with you, you really going for fights of the year. It's normally nonstop action back and forth. Right, 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 right. And and, and, and you got to remember the one thing about that fight is train. We had talked about usually like when people say fight of the year, Hagler yeah. Hearns. You just put what, go to our page, fans. Yeah, Hagler yeah, Hearns. Yeah. You 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 and that was three rounds. <laughs> and that was three rounds. But guess yeah. what? You if you if one of our relatives if if mm-hmm. If if your wives, if all the wives came over and we all sat down and watched the fight, they wouldn't leave their seats. They're not looking for the signs. They like, oh crap, like what's yeah, gonna happen right, next? Right, right. So it has some glue to the seat. Like Team of Female Lopez for us, mm-hmm. it had like Train said, no disrespect to it, it had three different layers. There's so many themes in that fight. Mm-hmm. Fighter of the year, upset of the year, fight. It can go so many different directions, but if you're just talking about for fight of the year, just being glued to your seat, it would be that fight, uh Zapina versus Baroncheck. In my opinion, yeah, that was a back and forth. <laughs> you know, like when they say the fist of cuffs, uh, but that, yeah, man. I mean, and the fact that it was like on an ESPN car, like 
you know, and those and sometimes because remember some of the fights back in the day on HBO, like like on on uh, you know, uh, World Championship Boxing or even or even uh, HBO After Dark. Some of the dopest fights we've ever seen were on there. Man. Now, <laughs> now it's funny. Now it's funny. Train going to give us a different perspective. Now, Train, tell us who you thought was knockout of the year because you just put it on the page. Yeah, I think my knockout of the year, and it because it was such a vicious knockout and the way it unfolded with. This particular fighter was getting kind of touched up a little bit until this knockout happened. As we, as we like to call them, the equalizer set in. Those equalizers, and it was it was Javante Tank Davis against Leo Santa Cruz. I mean, that was a violent knockout. I mean, it was brutal. He turned him around like it was a brutal, brutal, very Mike Tyson ish type of knockout. No, yeah, that was that was ridiculous, <laughs> you know, because you're you're watching it and 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 yeah, Leo Santa Cruz is again not hurting Tang, but he's landing on him, you know, respectable, and, right? Respectful, yeah, yeah respectful. And all it was, I mean, it was it was there was a couple of situations prior where he landed some stuff on Leo that I was like, oh, okay, and then it, it, but he it, was eating it earlier. Earlier he was like. He yeah. was eating some of it. Like, it's crazy how, how that stuff goes, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I think a lot of it was he just didn't see that punch coming. He and didn't see it coming. A winding hook. He, you're, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people ain't going to, like, withstand that punch. So. No, heavy-handed little guy. Very heavy-handed. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's probably my knockout of the year, too. Like, just in the fashion that... It came about, and then again, the highlights and things as such. I mean, there, there's a lot of others, but I mean, that it's, it's you know, the reason it stands out first is probably why I have it, uh, you know, number one. Um, fighter of the year, man. I mean, I was just talking about this. Um, in, 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 a, in a situation where a lot of these dudes only fought once a year, and we're talking so about the high level fights, you know, so hard. I, I have to say, man, at this point, you have to kind of pinpoint the criteria of that particular win. And again, man, we're just coming off talking about what some would say is the upset of the year. Someone, someone <laughs> fight, the fight of the year. You right. can even argue fighter of the year, Teofimo Lopez, man. Um, I want to say that might be my candidate. You brought up an interesting point before Probably. we started the show. Mm -hmm. So who, who might you say is a candidate? No, I, I, I'm going to tell you, it's it's a no-brainer that Team of Fimo Lopez is. Because remember, this was a guy that trained was, I mean, when we talk about diehard, this is a guy that trained was like, you know, they were doing analytics about, like, <laughs> this guy does, this guy throw punches and 9.3 milliseconds and, and he's walking on water and he's flying Copy in the air that. like yeah he's flying in the air like shout, out to, ben Simmons. shout yeah. out to the Ben Simmons fans out there who loves throwing ice. 15 11 and 9 okay <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and you know he was flying in the air like Wonder Woman 1984 you know he could do all this stuff and Lopez just basically came in there being a 23 year old snot nosed kid who loves Biggie doing backflips? You, know, <laughs> you know, and it's 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 Fortnite dances. Fortnite dances. He loves he has LSU jerseys. He's he's what we like. We're like, oh, this this is our nephew. This is our nephew. We love this guy. millennial, a yeah. real millennial, and a little mm. millennial. And what happens is, I'm gonna be honest with you. He not only, you know, a fight is bad 
when you beat somebody so bad that now people are looking, I hate to say this, in the excuse box for why they were off, you know? And it's the same thing with Wilder as well. It's like, wow, like, nobody going to the days where you kind of take your L as a man and go back to the drawing board. But he beat him, I believe, so thoroughly. And we can argue that because people thought, people thought that Lomachenko was so invincible, they can't believe Lopez beat him. That's why, that's why it's a no-brainer to me. He beat him for six rounds. Y'all can debate the other rounds, but he definitely beat him the 12. But he won so the 12, have, too, though. There you go. But this, there you go. This is the thing about Adopt. The six rounds is not even debatable. Like, that's not even up for discussion. Lomachenko didn't even throw punches. All right, if you had him winning the next five rounds, he won the tweet, dominated him in the 12th. So that's yeah, seven yeah, five. right, right, right. I mean, come on, people. Like, great point, though, Ron. Sometimes what happens is you can't – I remember – and I was a victim of this. I remember when Vernon Charles beat Shane Mosley. Not that I was this big Mosley fan or anything, but I just was, like, trying to make all these excuses. I like, oh, he got big head. He got Hollywood after the De La Hoya fight. No, 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 no. He was just – he just – a that – for that matchup, you know how we do styles make fight. We don't do triangle theories. That match is just a bad matchup for Mosley. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Lomachenko. He might beat all these other guys, but Loma, I mean Lopez. He that's just a bad matchup for uh, Lomachenko. Yep. A kid, a green kid, by the way, who's only going to get better. Right. And on top of that, when we talk about the, you know, what's funny is when we talk about the excuses. Lo and behold, we figure out, you know. That after the fight, he revealed that his foot was jammed. You know, oh, yeah, he had, he had to get foot surgery. He had to get foot <laughs> never surgery. Even so that said made, about it. Never, never said, said anything about, about it. it. And and what's crazy is, you know, shout out to some of the folks. I know Train hates that that follow UFC. You know, one of the guys, um, what's what's our guy named uh, Roberto? Um, he just retired. Goodness gracious. Who just retired? Uh, he beat he beat Conor McGregor. I'm drawing a blank. Khabib, Khabib, Khabib yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Khabib, you know, very, very um, down-to-earth, um, very um, good Muslim guy, man. He he um, he um, had a broken foot or broken toe. In that he, last fight, yeah. In that last fight, and he never said anything about it. And what's crazy that I'm noticing, unfortunately, to a lot of these fans, and I, I, we loved Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people started making excuses, including Wilder, so it's funny, a lot of people, fans and fighters, they can't believe they're getting beat. Right. And they start coming out the closet with a lot of excuses versus saying, you know what, let's run it back and let's see how it is. And mm-hmm. it's a shame because the close second to the Timofimo Lopez win would be the Tyson Fury win. He beat him so bad that, you know, Mark, you know, Mark Breland, who's who's the brain trust, who was an Olympian, who knows everything about boxing, got this guy started. Basically, he's gone now because no one believes that that he got beat. But go ahead, Train. What are you going to say? No, I was just going to say about the Wilder thing. You know that you're my witness on this. I said I'm not. I and there's no disrespect. I said I'm not rooting for a heavyweight version of Mike of uh, Jermaine Teller. I was like, he's a football player. With and this is no disrespect. I thought he was wild, uncoordinated, slop. You every adjective you can think of of a sloppy fighter. And then you said, no, you this guy got a lot of heart. He got a dog inside of him. And he was like, Mark Breland trained him. As soon as you said the word Mark Breland, my ears was like this because Mark Breland is boxing royalty for us. You know, that's the best Olympic team ever assembled. So we got a bias when it comes to those guys. But at the same time, Mark Breland, I want people to think about this just real quick. Mark Breland took a raw 
just a, a ball of clay, basically. That's all he really had with Wilder, a, a late bloomer, a guy that was a football player turned fighter at a later stage of his life. It made him a world champion. Like, come on. like, And this is why I get so upset, you know, with these some of these fighters out here. And listen, the business part of boxing, sometimes you got to do what's best for you. I'm not knocking no fighter. But for a fighter like Wilder, who was so raw, we always use that word raw, but he was raw than raw, you know what I mean? But Mark Breland took him to the like to the pinnacle on damn near. And because he ran into a guy that was stylistically wrong for him, and who knows what I was going on, Mark Breland had to get the brunt of that, unfortunately. But let's not forget what Wilder was and what Breland, you know, helped transform him into. I think people lose sight of that. No, nah, you're right, man, and and that and that's one of the stories going into 2021, man. To you know, to kind of segue as as you know, we we kind of did a quick run through. Um, Trailer here. Tra- well, okay. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I, go I, I go this might be universal, but go ahead. No, I mean, I think it's Derek. I think you know. I think it's uh, you know, our uh, you know, um, when you think about comeback of the year, which would be Earl Spence. When you think about what, um. The, no the younger Char, the younger Chargo accomplished by unifying all the belts and getting the ring champion. It would have to be big win too for younger Charlo. That gets under like under the radar. That was a big win for him. It really was. Yeah. It really was. But it would be it would have to be their trainer, which is you know Mr. Derek James. You know I don't I don't um I don't see anybody else that's even close. To have I, I agree. Yeah, that I agree. Nah, you're right, man, and and that and that's one of the stories going into 2021, man. To you know, to kind of segue as as you know, we we kind of did a quick run through. Um, Trainer here. Tra- well, okay. Tra- yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I, go I, I go this might be universal, but go ahead. No, I mean, I think it's Derek. I think you know. I think it's uh, you know, our, uh, you know, um, when you think about comeback of the year, which would be Earl Spence. When you think about what, um. The, no the younger Char, the younger Chargo accomplished by unifying all the belts and getting the ring champion. It would have to big be big win too for younger Charlo. That gets under like under the radar. That was a big win for him. It really was. Yeah. It really was. But it would be it would have to be their trainer, which is you know Mr. Derek James. You know I don't I don't um I don't see anybody else that's even close. To have I, I agree. That, yeah, that I agree. Back and, and that yeah, yeah, that's that's true. All in one, we knocked two out in one with that comeback. Yeah, here. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think at this point, man, you know, um, you know, we're getting into the new year, and listen, Fellas, after- I got to cut out. I'll see y'all, man. I'll hit y'all up. All right. All right, no Happy doubt, new man. Year, everybody, Happy man. New we year, love man. y'all, man. Peace. All right, peace. So before we wrap up, man, you know, we we got twenty twenty one coming in. Everybody got their wish list. I want to say I think all of our wish lists, if there's just one, <laughs> I, I I really think it, it it's unanimous. And I'm very optimistic. We see it. And that's just me being optimistic in nature. Mm-hmm. But Crawford versus Spence. Do we see that in 2021? I mean, I don't the think that, I, prevail, man. no, you know, what's so crazy. I don't think they have any sense of urgency to fight one another. I think that when you listen to like, let's go back. We, 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 we just basically listened to, you know, Bob Aaron 
all right, we, we saw what was happening last year around this time. Remember the video came out and, every, you know, the red jogging suit, my man with the glasses that did like this, you know, <laughs> you know, and all, that, all that stuff came out and we were like, yo, they're going to fight. Like they were at some fight. They were going to fight. He was like, yo, they're going to fight. This is going to be great. Yeah, Earl, yeah. Unfortunately, Earl Spence gets his whole car accident. You know what I mean? And um, what was so what was so crazy about this whole thing was, you know, it wasn't around this time. It was like, you know, obviously like a little bit after I think the Porter fight. But yeah. when you when you think about it, the one thing we had, we had high hopes. And even more so when we saw Spence fight, you know, Danny Garcia, we were like, wow, this is this is a no-brainer. I don't think they have any sense of urgency to fight each other from Bob trashing um Crawford right in front of his face, like, you know, Mike Tyson, like Robin Gibbons did Mike Tyson on that Barbara uh, Walters interview, you know, um, and, you know, just talking to him, like he wasn't just talking to talking about Crawford as if he wasn't even there. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, just looking at um, Earl, Earl Spence's, you know, non, you know, nonverbals. And he's like, listen, man, like, I'm gonna go back and just buy horses. I'm gonna do this. And obviously I might move up and fight Canelo and all this stuff. And then it's not like, Crawford is even showing a sense of urgency as, you know, anything to say. So I don't think we get that fight next year, personally. Well, I'll tell you what fight I do feel we're going to get. I just don't know when it's going to be. But I feel that AJ Fury fight is going to happen. It definitely is. Because it's like you you don't see either guys, like, kind of steering away. There doesn't seem to be issues. I think the biggest issue is just getting fans in the crowd. You know, in in wherever they're gonna have that fight, and and again, like even going into twenty twenty one, we can only speak for the United States, but COVID doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So you have to really wonder when any kind of normalcy is gonna be there for there to be fans. And when I'm talking about like fights with Manny Pacquiao, uh, whoever Terence Crawford and Errol Spence are gonna fight. I mean, the thing with Errol Spence is he fights in AT and T, and they're packing. They're doing the gate that they would be doing at MGM as far as the attendance because they they can space it out. So, that yeah, see you you make a good point. There may may not be any urgency, but I, I also feel too they're kind of, and we talked about this too. Like they're kind of both. There there there's not a lot of like the threshold isn't great for them to like fight here and there before fighting each other where there's like a lot of money to be made before they fight each other. So that's why my hope is still there that 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 fight does happen. But I also think too, both of them, they got to know that that's the fight in demand and they just need to figure it out. But as we've seen, man, with Terrence Crawford, just as some of the rhetoric, man, I mean, we love him here, man, but he doesn't have Errol Spence's pay-per-view record. I mean, it just is what it is, you know? So, but you know, again, how you know this is where we look back and we say, "Well, how was Tyson Fury and Wilder made?" Right. You know, how was not that it even mattered? How was Gary Russell and Wilmachenko made? But keep going. Go ahead. Oh, you're right. No, I mean that. Right. Exactly. I I, I think it's. I think that there, you know, people bring up different reasons and I feel like on both sides, there's legitimate reasons, but like, like somewhere in the middle is the truth. And 
I think a lot of it does have to do with, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's say what it is, man. You know, Terrence Crawford being under top rank, you know, and we've seen other fights where top rank and PBC fighters have fought in the sense of the Wilder Fury too. There was a rematch clause. They went about it. And, and there were also two guys that w didn't have a lot of options outside of each other at the moment. And you got to remember too, when they <coughs> Like Fury was coming off of like, you know, borderline like almost like committing suicide, and uh, he was uh like you know coming off of drug abuse and everything, and he was mm -hmm. wasn't even the same dude that came in months later. So that being said, I just think with Crawford and Spence, man, like it, it's it's it would be a shame. It would be a shame if that fight just gets, you know, prolonged another year where you're starting to go into the territory where at least one of the guys, you know, Crawford, can be like near 34 years old fighting in this maybe like first high-level fight. And that's just crazy. That's I, think just that, I, think, I think that Nas said this quote before, and I always use this when people that have great talent or like, you know, when two business people can't make a deal happen, I always use this quote and people laugh at it. I said, you know, we're always reminded that, you know, people don't get along, but we also reminded that, hey, Prince and Michael Jackson never made a song together. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that goes to show you how, like, if you were to ask 10 people to name their, their top, you know, their top, you know, 10 R&B artists, they're going to probably say Prince and Michael Jackson, one or another, and... The mere fact that they haven't even like sniffed around each other to make a song is crazy. So for me, that it doesn't surprise me that Crawford and Spence, you know, wouldn't happen either. You know, it, it just is what it is, man. Unfortunately, man, it's just, you know, I think, you know, people get caught up in the whole pie theory that that seventy thirty stuff, and you know, I get it. You know, what I mean, because it's a business after a while, but. If they really wanted to happen, it, it, it would happen because I think a lot of people want to see it. The right. only problem we have, Roberto, is where we started the show, and I know you probably won't, you know, we're going to probably end it, is that how does, when we talk about pay-per-view sales and all this stuff, you know, because we're coming off a situation where, shout out to Azim um, and, and Kiki and uh, Mike Tyson and, um, you know, the whole, the whole crew over there, like, they're, you know, they're platform and their whole um you know thing did very well if you will compared to other events so their event did very well compared to other events so obviously and we're talking about people that are not even coming to see boxing like they probably surpassed everyone when it came to boxing this year so yeah my question is when you think about earl and crawford you know, how much are they going to really get out of it in this hybrid environment where people are... That's a buying, good point. Yeah, buying platforms and, you know, going here and you got the whole streaming thing and, you, and no one's really going to see fights. I, I don't even know what, what what Spence did with people that came from his hometown to see it, but I know that they're not going to be able to maximize it because there's a new strain of COVID out now. So... Right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> The, the killer vultures are coming. <laughs> the killer vultures and, and, and um, you know, dogs that stand on two legs and, you know, prepare food for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, man. I mean, you make, you make good points. Um, 
it, I, I think at that point, though, it really becomes now, how does Terrence Crawford, like, where does he go from here, man? You know, because I mean, he's he's really one that we've been wanting to see in against high-level welterweights. But at this point, man, like, what's really left? Like, who can he fight? We want to see Sean Porter, <clears throat> even at the very least, Keith Thurman. But what are the chances of those fights even happening? Yeah, I mean, and that's what I was going to ask you. So when people start talking about the business aspect of it, so why are we even sniffing at Sean Porter Avenue or Keith Thurman Street? I mean, they're uh, they're on the other side of the road anyway. So I feel like if you can make those fights happen, being under the top break banner and being right. under the um, you know, the PBC banner, why can't we make the fight that everyone wants to see? And I and and I, I'm I'm with you on that because I feel like you know, those are his only recourses right now in terms, you know, right now, instead of, instead of fighting, you know, Earl Spence, those are the only things he has. And I mean, I remember he was joking, saying he was going to move down. So this is a soap opera, man. I'm telling you, this is a soap opera. It's, it's so crazy, man. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. And, and I just don't see, at least for Spence, I mean, for Crawford, unless he gets out of top rank at this point. I don't. I honestly don't know who he's gonna fight, man. I really, really don't. I mean, I, I'm seeing Spence talk about Ugas. I wouldn't mind seeing that, um, you know. And then he's talking about going to 160, but it's like, we'll see. You know, I don't know if that's gonna be at the very least in 2021, 2022. I think he moves up with or without Crawford. Yeah, and you know what's funny, man? It's funny because we always. You know, we we you always want to be in a in a situation. I'm getting like texts right now about, and I love LeBron James, but when it, people start comparing like, you know, LeBron James statistics to, you know, Michael Jordan statistics, you know, which we'll go into tangent with that. You know, LeBron came in the league, you know, four years earlier than Michael Jordan, and Jordan played less games and accomplished more with a defense that wasn't a zone. I mean, obviously, when you can just basically sickle and DDT and Russian people, Russian sickle and suplex people going to the hole. I mean, granted, they're both great, but everybody does like the what is, like the what is, the what is, the what is. And, you know, LeBron and Jordan are great in their own way. But the problem I have with this whole thing is I don't want to, I don't think boxing fans should deserve to live Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford in a what if type of state of mind you know because if they don't fight now something you know i hate to say this but we don't want to be in a situation where like some of them the skills deteriorate you know terrence crawford is what right yeah terrence crawford is what 34 right so like you know we just talked about that their father time is undefeated you know earl spence was in the car accident so now it becomes almost like you know they get older as a handicap match at this point you know so like like, let's not live boxing in a what-if phase. You know, if you want to maximize this, I know everybody's trying to, you know, generate revenue, but I think we make it happen now. I think we drum it up. I think we make it happen in May, sort of like we did with Pacquiao and Floyd, if you will. Make it drum it up in May. Start it now. Let's drum up Let's drum up the excitement. Let's get them done in May. And let's get to it, man, because right now they need each other, man. They're They're each other's peanut butter and jelly right now. Pause. You know, they just, they need each other. Yeah, because I'm just not convinced, and we, we talked about this too before we wrap up. I'm not convinced Pacquiao fights Earl Spence. I'm just not. And, and it's not, it's no diss to Pacquiao. It's just there's no one. I don't see why he would take that fight. You know what I'm saying? The Thurman fight, I like I understand. And even I picked Thurman. 
But there were things to pick from in that fight, like vulnerabilities. You said things, Rod. Like, and, and they and they came to fruition in that fight. For Manny Pacquiao, like, I just don't think that fight is going to present itself for, to either Crawford or to Spence. So the next best course of action, if we're talking about money and legacy, they, there's only one fight. You know, there there really is only one fight, and I just hope. Well, granted, you and I train the whole crew. We've seen some legendary fights in the 80s and 90s, even early 2000s when these fights were like between guys like at their peaks, you know. And listen, let me just say this as a disclaimer, man. Not all the top, you know, undefeated guys make for the best fights like Tito and Oscar wasn't like as highly promoted as that fight was. It wasn't a bad fight, but it wasn't it wasn't the fight that people like thought it was gonna be. So we understand that, but that doesn't mean the fights should not happen. And those fights did happen. And granted, yeah, some controversy ensues, but we were still able to talk about it. Like how some people still say Oscar really beat Tito. Some people argue, no, you know, Tito beat Oscar, but we could say it happened. No, just, and, and, and and you know, to your point, you're you're right. I mean, we like you said, we could say it happened and it was a style clash, but we right. got the we got them we in got the ring. The fights. We right. got them in the ring, you know, and you know, and they made a lot of money. Like, I like it wasn't like they didn't. <laughs> they made a lot of money. Man, it's just it's a shame, man. It 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 really is a shame, man. We got we got Jay Z and Nas on a couple of records together. Why can't we get these guys in the right. ring? You know, I mean we we already we already got Prince and Michael Jackson. They ain't make nothing together. So, <laughs> you know, please. And, and shout out and listen, I want to before we go. I mean, shout out to all the fans and everything like that. But I yeah, want to say yeah. I want to say something too. I mean, obviously, I want you guys. To, we we got to all be safe in this COVID environment. But my brother Roberto, I want you guys to check his page out. He went somewhere really, really, really dope. As I'm talking about Prince and Michael Jackson, we're talking about some rap references and some iconic things. He went somewhere yesterday that kind of piqued my interest. Um, and, and, and forgive me if I pronounce it, was it the way, way, Winwood in Miami. Yeah. Winwood yeah, yeah. in Miami. I mean, it, it, listen, I would take a trip right now, masked up and go right now and, and visit that. So obviously look that up because this is a diamond in a rough, I guess people in Florida should know. I should really know about it's it. Miami, I, yeah. It's designed the, the design district in Miami. Yeah. So I, I want to. I would encourage everyone, man, to like, you know, if you have a negative COVID test to come down. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mean, listen, shout to everybody down there. I mean, everybody had their mask on and for the most part. But I mean, you're kind of going in the lion's den. <laughs> <You're just> gonna... <laughs> oh, crap. All right, man. You're funny. So... All right. But any case, man, follow us at Guard Grill Boxing. Uh, like ROD said, man, we appreciate all the follows, all the subscriptions. Um, Facebook.com slash GYG Boxing. Um, all the content we, we put out, man, this is all, you know, us, man. We're not trying to cape for people. You know, So sometimes y'all like our opinions. Sometimes you don't. But that's the whole point, man. I mean, we were here. Uh, we've been here a long time. We're going to continue to be here a long time. So uh, catch us in 2021. Uh, this fight, fight this week. Saturday, man. Saturday, <laughs> talk about it. To, you know, uh, 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 Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. I mean, to me, which I think is going to really tell us a, a lot about Ryan Garcia. Period, man. Luke yeah. Campbell, some would argue, drew some of the blueprint 
um, going forward how to be Lomachenko, Lomachenko. tag body. You know, um, but yeah, that's this Saturday on the zone, a 6 p.m. start time as far as the main event is concerned, which is, you know, you know, to give the UK fans there, you know, um, kind of like our treatment as far as like how we watch fights. But, you know, at least for us, too, I don't mind a six o'clock fight on, mm-hmm. on a Saturday. So uh, that's that's pretty much it, man. We'll be back next week, man. Have a happy new year. Be safe out there. And uh, we'll, we're, uh, we'll see you in 2021. Peace. All right, one, two.